You're listening to episode 19 of the Bookcast for Dwell, an Advent study in liturgy. This bookcast has been designed to give you another way to engage with the content of the book. Hi, my name is Rachel Fahrenbach. I'm the author of Dwell and your host for these episodes. Today, we're continuing in week three with day three as we dwell on this truth. When we give God his proper role in our lives as the creator God, and we embrace our proper role as his image bearers, shalom is restored and joy is our response. Today, we're going to read a short story from the perspective of the image bearer, the servant girl. It was the sight of Miha that brought a smile to David's lips. The insinuation behind her question, Are you proud of yourself? stole it away just as quick. She met our large group of revelers and the courtyard entrance, her own group of servants trailing behind her like a long robe, trying to keep up with her quick pace. I think David's own excitement upon seeing her had led him to believe that her haste was from a similar excitement of her own. I understand why he thought that. Since the day Michal rejoined David as his wife, they have spent hours together, making up for the time taken from them by the cruelty of Saul. David has many wives and concubines, but Michal is the wife of his youth and holds a special place in his heart. Perhaps that's why she felt she could accost him in the courtyard with the intensity of a prophet. She didn't even bother to bow when she approached. Standing tall before David with regalness, Michal reminds all present that she is both the daughter of a king and a wife of one. David surveys the stance of his wife before taking a step towards her, his arms open in welcome towards her. We missed you at the dedication. She takes a step back from him to dodge his embrace. Oh, did you? How could you have found the time to miss me? She crosses her arms. You are so busy dancing. Sarcasm drips from each word and a flourish of her hand underscores the last one. David's outstretched hands drop to his sides and ball into fists. He doesn't break his gaze with Miha as he addresses the closest guard. Ishmael, will you please lead our party to the hall for our feast? I need to speak with my wife for a moment. He relaxes his clenched fist. Yes, my king, Ishmael responds before taking the group's lead. His job, however, is an easy one. The group, unified in their desire to escape the building tension, part like a seed and weave their way around the pair. Sensing the hesitation from her servants behind her, Michal releases them with a nod. I obediently follow the crowd forward. My place at the back means I will be one of the last to pass the scene of tension. Surely they will wait to have this conversation until we have all taken our leave, won't they? I discover the answer soon enough, as David only waits for his guards, wives, concubines, and children to file past him before launching into the conflict. In full sight of the servants, David commands Michal, Say what you came here to say. Without missing a beat, she responds, You, O king of Israel, have honored yourself today. I know I should keep my eyes in front of me, but something compels me to look at Michal as she speaks. She notices my attention on her and, breaking her regal stance, rushes forward with purpose and grabs my arm. The servants next to me pause in surprise but quickly regain their composure and shuffle away, leaving me in the middle of the conflict. They know their place, and it is not here. Michal's nails dig into my skin as she drags me over to David. I immediately drop my head in a bow. Straighten up, girl, Michal orders. I hesitate 
I know that as a servant I have no place ignoring Michal's command, but David is my king. It is out of respect for him that I disobey her. She repeats the order. Do as she requests, the king says gently. Michal jerks my arm before releasing it. I resist the urge to rub the skin irritated by her tight grip. She takes a step away from me and motions towards her husband with a sweep of her hand. Behold, mighty King David. She turns to me with a sneer, forgetting his place among his people. It is David's turn to cross his arms. The motion draws Michal's attention to the linen ephod he wears. The motion draws Michal's attention to the linen ephod he wears. Slowly, she approaches him, as if the garment has cast a trance over her. She reaches out and strokes the brightly woven thread. Her words are quiet but sharp. Mighty King David, lowering himself to that of a common priest before his people. He grabs her wrist. Before God, he corrects, removing her hand from his chest and placing it on her own, directly over her heart. Have you forgotten him? Our Savior, who did mighty things in Egypt? I sneak a glance behind me. Besides the three of us, the courtyard is completely empty. The entrance to the hall is not that far away. A quick pace would remove me from this awkward situation within moments. As if reading my thoughts, Michal reaches out and places a hand on my shoulder to stop my exit while keeping David's gaze with her own. Tell us! Michal's hand drops from my shoulder to my back. What did you think of your king's actions today? Did they make you proud? Or perhaps, she puts her lips near my ear and whispers teasingly, did they make you blush with desire? I am not prepared for her words, nor am I for the push she gives me, and so, while it is not a strong one, it propels me towards the king. He catches me before I crash into him. While the shock of Michal's words did not bring a heat to my face, the shock of the king's arms did the trick. I drop my face to hide the pink that I am certain colors my cheeks. Once he is certain that I have regained my balance, David whips around to Michal and quickly closes the distance between them. Have you forgotten yourself? Michal does not shrink back from his towering presence and even dares to poke a finger sharply into his chest. No, you have! Disgust wraps around each cold word like a coat. You are the king! You have conquered the land, united the tribes, and built this city. You are no longer that shepherd boy that came to live in my father's palace. You are king, David. And yet you danced like you had no claim to any of it today. Like you are unworthy. My father, your father. Michal and I both visibly jump at David's exclamation. Your father, he repeats before bawling his hands into fists and resting them on the top of his head. He leans his head back and a yell of frustration violently escapes his body as if it has been hiding there for a very long time. His fists tap the top of his head as he surveys his wife's face, waiting to see if she will take it back. But she doesn't. I want to run. I don't belong here in this intimate moment of conflict between husband and wife, especially when it is the king, but my legs won't work. David sighs. Your father failed. God chose me to be king instead of your father. He gave me the care and rule of Israel. No man did that. God did. Without him, I'm nothing. He deserves all the honor and praise. 
That is why I needed to bring the Ark of the Covenant here into the city. You know what happened the first time we tried? We ignored the commands about moving the Ark, and it cost Uzziah his life. He beat his chest. That is on me. I should have known that the Holy God demanded the vessel of his presence to be treated with reverence and obedience. Don't you think it was all a bit extreme? Excuse me? The sacrifices every seven steps. The singing, the trumpets, the horns, the cymbals, harps, and lyres, and then giving away all that food to the people, and the dancing, David. You looked ridiculous. You say I have made a fool of myself before the people, David motions towards me, that even the servant girl is ashamed of her king. But I am saying I have not lowered myself enough before God. I will celebrate before him even more than I have done so today, because I am unworthy of his steadfast love and provision. Everything I have, this entire household, is because of his favor. Do you hear me, Behal? I am his servant. He is my God. The color drains from Nihal's face. You are serious. David nods. Your father disobeyed, and it cost him God's favor. But I tell you this, I will live my life humbled low before God in worship. And one day, even the servant girls, he doesn't bother to look at me this time, will honor me because of it. After so many words, the silence that falls between the two of them is unnerving. But it does its job of filling the cracks created by revelation. He loves and worships the creator. She loves and worships the image. David holds out a hand to his wife. Will you join us for the feast? Michal shakes her head. He drops his hand, and I see a grief flicker so quickly across his face. Come, he addresses me. With a respectful distance between the two of us, I follow the king. The frustration falls away from his shoulders, and a posture of celebration returns with each step towards the hall, his family, and his worship. When I pass Michal, I see on her face the same grief I saw briefly on David's. But her grief is mixed with anger, bitterness, and contempt. David and Michal may have a history, but they no longer have a future. He has a joy that flows from peace. She does not. Because of that, they will forever be at odds with one another. And me? I have a new respect for this man who rules over me and my people. This man who worships God with such passion. And he's right. I will honor him for it. Thank you for joining me today as we dwelled on this truth. When we give God his proper role in our lives as the creator of God, and we embrace our proper role as his image bearers, shalom is restored and joy is our response. Join me tomorrow as we continue to dwell with God this Advent season.